0: Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. There will be discussions about details from previous episodes, but no spoilers for future episodes. Uh, Just like Giles, I can rock a funky wizard cap and robe, and I'm Harrison.
1: (laughs) And I'm Jason, and nothing says I love you like standing outside of your crush's house, smoking several cigarettes, and then calling her a bitch. <laughs> Harrison,
0: what episode are we watching this week? We are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 5, No Place Like Home. This is the one where the Oceanic Six escapes the island, Ben turns the frozen donkey wheel, No, nope, and- nope, nope, ah, nope, nope. That's the season four finale of Lost All. Harrison entitled, was just watching. <laughs> also entitled There's No Place Like Home. No, this is got the got one. Where properties Dor- mixed this is up. the one
1: where Dorothy clicks her heels together and Oh wait, nope, not uh, that one sorry. either. <laughs> Alright.
0: This is the one where Harrison had just a nerd erection the whole time, because it's one of his favorite episodes. Uh Giles opens the magic box. Uh Anya gets a job at the magic box. Uh D- Buffy does drugs and Finds uh, some uh, truth bombs out about her sister, and we meet a mysterious woman in red who kicks Buffy's ass. Yep, and uh, a monk dies.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think several monks die, but we only see one die yeah. on screen with Buffy. Yeah,
0: yes, yes, yes. And um, also, Riley does exist. There uh, is so
1: much happening in this episode. Yeah, and Sanders barely in it. <laughs> yeah, has <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, he's really just got, like, that one interaction with Anya in the magic box where he teaches her, uh, have a nice day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No Place Like Home was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by David Solomon and originally aired on October the 24th in the year 2000. And play that intro music.
0: Uh, well, we are drinking some really nice bourbon today. It's some uh, Basil Hayden. Um was a like a nicer bottle. Um, it was a gift.
1: <laughs> and that shit that Jason brought that
0: <laughs> one time. No, no. The one you bought was... I mean, that's still a really nice bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just like... I mean, I'm assuming. It might have been it's like, this,
1: it, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same bourbon, just... Yeah. Nicer bottle. Nicer bottle. It's like a
0: metal thing around it uh but this was a gift from my brother uh to john um and john graciously said we could have some um yeah um a toast a toast to um well our next episode won't be out till after christmas because we're gonna take a little break next week because i'm gonna be traveling so a toast to christmas and any holiday yeah that
1: you might be celebrating this year
0: Cheers. Ooh. i might to take a bath in that It'll probably be really bad for my skin um it could
1: like i mean the alcohol could like just disinfect a lot of the parts of it maybe. it's true
0: but it'd like probably like really dry me out yeah mm, yeah it's probably better things Moist- like
1: moisturize them. after yes rest.
0: yes <laughs> pro tip moisturize after you bathe alcohol and
1: honestly like uh make sure you um Make sure you moisturize your skin, especially around this time of year. Like my, mm-hmm. if I don't like put lotion on my hands around this time of year, they crack, and when they like bleed, it is Ew. the worst thing ever. Like especially when I was working at UPS, that was hell. Yikes.
0: <sighs> All right, well, let's flash back to two months ago, uh, where some monks are being pursued by the beast um we don't see the beast uh but it is very strong yes it is beating (laughs) these doors in um and they are um they they start like a ritual a magical ritual i like
1: how they 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 don't specify the ethnicity of these monks they could be any kind of european (laughs) (laughs) very
0: generically eastern european um maybe russian but yeah (laughs) i don't know about russian it seems
1: more kind of like i would say i'd say as far i mean they could easily be german monks too maybe that's true yeah um just like because they've got the bowl cuts
0: (laughs) (laughs) um we don't see what happens to them uh but we can uh infer based on uh uh what we what we learn later from uh the the monkey who survives for the moment um but in the present buffy well, is well um, like
1: they perform a ritual yes and they're basically trying to get something away from the beast and they're able to perform it and it turns into like a bright light and then just like shoots away yeah
0: um buffy is fighting a vampire outside of an abandoned building she uh, it's like an old warehouse
1: and, and the previous
0: night there had been a rave there yeah <laughs> so this vampire is stupid uh he <laughs> dies pretty quickly yeah he's like oh
1: i always wanted to be the one to kill the slayer i'm like yeah buddy it's gonna be you
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and <laughs> and buffy apparently
1: wanted to learn how to play piano
0: i think she's lying I think she's lying. This is
1: clearly just (laughs) battle banter. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: I, I don't know. Much like, um, uh, actually, I was about to say, much like last week when Buffy got into Northwestern. um, That was in season three. But um, that was one of the episodes Ben and I talked about at the panel. Oh, yeah. I saw the choices. choices. And I was like, Buffy didn't get into Northwestern. And I'm also like this week, like Buffy didn't want to play piano. Um, (laughs) Just don't buy it. Um, but yeah, the security guard comes up and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? You can't have raves here. And she's like, oh, sorry, no more, no raves for me. You're right. What was she
1: supposed, what was she supposed to bring to this rave? Um, oh gosh. Was it
0: cookies or punch or something? Something like that. Something very quaint. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) um, or like cheese dip or. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but he's like, oh, you forgot your glow ball. Kids these days, I just don't get you. But, you know, if it were up to me, I'd. I'd let you use this building for a party, but they don't pay me enough to argue. We get a lot of personality from the security guard. like he's like four lines of dialogue. Well, well <laughs>
1: he has to establish that he's not insane. That's true. Before later on in the episode when he becomes insane. That is a very good point. Um, and I mean, yeah, th- this guy's not insane. He's very opinionated, yeah. but not insane. Yeah,
0: I, we, get, I, we get a full good picture of this guy's life. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care what the kids do. If they want to rave, they want to raid. As long as it doesn't affect his livelihood. Which is fair. Yeah, yeah it's I reasonable. like that. I like it's that. Totally yeah. reasonable. Uh, and he returns her glow ball to her. Um, <laughs> and she's these kids in like, their glow balls. These kids in their glow balls. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> next morning, Buffy is making breakfast for Joyce, who is still feeling under the weather. Um, so you know, for listeners who maybe thought that that was maybe just a one-off last week, yeah, she's this thread is headaches, continuing. Won't go away. Um. Dawn's to be such a brat. Yeah, I love that. Um,
1: up until Buffy does the uh, the trance, they're basically doing their absolute best to make you just be like,
0: "Oh my god, Dawn, stop it!" She tries to take a flower out of the vase, which is sweet uh, to like yeah. put with the breakfast.
1: Well, I think um, it doesn't. Buffy like already have like a of like one flower in the vase. Like next to the breakfast, and she like pulls out another one and then spills it or something like that. Well, I think
0: I think how I read it was that the vase was like vase vase what was already there. It's just it's always Mm -hmm. there, and Don was like taking the flower out to like put on the tray. Yeah, Um, good intentions, good intentions, but yeah, but yeah, and then she totally takes credit for everything. Oh oh my god, no, when (laughs) when yeah,
1: so Joyce walks in. And she's like, oh, you made me breakfast. And Dawn says, well, Buffy helped. <laughs> and Buffy says, like, well, I didn't exactly help. And, Don, and, <laughs> and Joyce goes, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> and I mean, if Joyce weren't suffering from headaches, she'd probably realize that Dawn is probably incapable of making <laughs> <Yeah>. French toast. <laughs> um, but uh, they, the, but, yeah, Joyce is calling Dawn her little pumpkin, little belly. pumpkin
0: belly. They have a book club. Um uh, so yeah, they're thick as thieves. Yeah, and Buffy's feeling uh, jealous. I mean, let's as call it, what it is. as she
1: says to uh, Willow, she wishes so much that she were an only child.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, she goes to the magic box and she, and she takes take, yeah she takes, takes on, on with her. Um, she wasn't initially going to, but decides to let mom have a break. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that's when she walks in and Giles is wearing a robe and a wizard hat. And it, a beautiful it's, callback, I think, to season four's Halloween episode where uh, Buffy has to tell Giles to take off his racially insensitive costume. <laughs> um, here, their the relationship has grown so much. She doesn't even have to say anything. They just stare at one another for some it, awkward seconds. And I love...
1: I love that this costume is basically, like, very much what you would find in, like, a Walgreens oh, last okay. minute for a costume. And it just says, generic wizard robe. Yep.
0: yep. Uh, yeah, it definitely, the costume definitely says, like, it doesn't even say wizard on it. It says, like, robed magic man. Really. <laughs> I
1: love those... Um, Avoiding copyright issue <laughs> costume names. It is so great. Yeah,
0: there's um there was one I saw that was a it was clearly based on Wednesday Adams, but it was like midweek spooky girl.
1: <laughs> uh, you know that the German word for Wednesday is Mittwoch,
0: which is midweek. Oh, I'm, about. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. Um, so um. Giles, uh, takes off his, she takes off his costume and, uh. She's been open since nine. Yeah. And according customers. to
1: the clock, it was kind of hard to tell if it was 2.55 or 11.10. Mm-hmm. Um, cause those, I tried to, tried to see those, the hands on that clock
0: looked really similar in length. I'm gonna hope it's 11. Well, they were just making breakfast for Joyce so okay yeah. so let's say it's eleven ten mm-hmm. for for giles's sake yeah um.
1: also i guess with like with the hands being if it was it wouldn't be 255 it would be 155 since the mm, yeah. since if if the minute hand were on the 11 um it would be closer to uh it would be closer to two than and but it would still be the one o'clock hour
0: i really struggled reading analog clocks when i was a kid
1: you know, what was really funny. So I have this friend, uh, she won't, she won't go named. Uh, but, um, one time it was around Christmas last year, she came over to visit and, uh, and she, um, she was like really, really close friends with my roommate at the time. And, uh, she, and, uh, she was like, Oh, we got so much stuff to do tonight. And, and, uh, I can't remember what led to it, but they're like, Oh, what time is it? And she said, what time is it? And like, Oh, there's a clock right up there. I keep a clock like right, right in my, uh, like an analog clock, obviously right in my, uh, living room. And she's like, she looks up at it and says like, you know, I can't read that. (laughs) And, and like, she kind of like, she basically just uh, like, she just kind of shook that off. And, but later, I think maybe a week or two later, I asked my roommate, I was like, um, can this person not her I'm not going to reveal her name but can can she tell time <laughs> um and it turns out she can't she just has a very strange way of doing it like she does a lot of math when she does it and because it seemed like she never memorized just like oh if the minute hand is on the is on the 11 it's 55 she she does like oh what's 11 times 5 and and she has to be like, "Oh my god, you—that's so much work to tell time."
0: I ha- I do something really similarly with um, translating military time to you know twenty-four hour to twelve hour. Yeah. I I know there's an easier way, but my brain does it in like a really weird where I do like some subtraction, then a little addition, and like I mean,
1: you just you add you add twelve, yeah. <laughs> Or you subtract 12 if you want to get back to regular time.
0: See, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do it that way. My brain goes about it a completely different way. It gets me to the right door. I just take a different hallway.
1: Now, I've worked um, night shift jobs kind of for the last um, several years. So I've honestly just gotten used to military time. And I even keep my phone in military time. Especially because we do a lot of documentation where I work. And you have to document the time. And obviously, if we're like... if the shift starts at 10 at night and we go into nine in the morning, we got to write, like we got to be able to say like, Oh, 2200 and not like just 10 o'clock. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I mean, it honestly makes more sense as a unit of like a system of measuring time. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And I feel like, um, especially in Europe, uh, cause, um, European languages, uh, I've noticed, especially with German, like if you're trying to say five o'clock, 5 PM, it's Zep Uhr which is 17, O'clock, um. So, yeah i I honestly just gotten used to military time, and whenever I'm talking with somebody who doesn't use military time, I have to be like, "Oh, so, um five p.m. five p.m." <laughs> uh, anyway,
0: Magic Box. The Magic Box. Giles, uh, uh, Willow and uh Willow and Riley show up, uh, and Buffy's like, you gotta "I kind pres- of wonder, did
1: they did they come to the?" Do nah. they come together or did they just like, I think they just happened to get there at the yeah, same time? Yeah, yeah, like maybe
0: I, a block away, they're like,
1: oh hi Riley, oh hi Willow. Yeah,
0: I don't I don't, I just can't imagine a world in which Willow like texts Riley. I know we're like texting I'm just you know, for our modern listeners, mm-hmm. uh like it's like, hey, do you wanna meet up before for a coffee before we go to the magic box? Nah. Um They uh <laughs> Buffy's like, I present to you this. What is it?
1: Yeah. I, I this this um this has two of in my opinion, two of the most iconic lines. Actually kind of a third that you've kind of turned me on to being iconic, um, in the whole series. This episode has three of the most okay. iconic lines. And the first one is when Giles looks in and says, like, Well it's obviously supernatural in origin. How do you know? Well, it's just so shiny. It's so shiny. <laughs> it's a great line. He's right. Like Um so- this, Yeah, so um and also, uh, Dawn kind of opens her mouth, her big mouth, about how she does not want Riley going patrolling with her because she doesn't want to have to worry about looking after him. And uh, Riley gets a little pissed and's like, hey, can I go bet in the bag and just, like, beat shit up? <laughs> you know, I'm going to say... Somebody need to drop that truth bomb on Riley? Uh, but... Yes, one.
0: <laughs> but also, I'm actually going to have some kind words for Riley... Uh, in this moment and in a later scene, uh, he's a little wounded by what Don says, but he doesn't make it everyone else's problem. He, he's like, I'm going to go work out my feelings about this in my own way yeah. without burdening everyone else. I'm like, okay. Maybe it's it's true. Way- there is so much potential for Riley drama that we don't want yeah, and we don't get it. We don't get it. Don't get it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually like,
1: especially Riley... after the last episode, right? <laughs> if Riley
0: acted and like always acted... Like he does in this episode, I'd probably I would still probably be mega bored by him, but I probably wouldn't actively hate him yeah. as much as I do. Um, and we'll talk about how how he acts in the scene with him and Buffy later. But yeah, he goes. I mean, I'm not gonna say that going and beating up a punching bag is the healthiest way of handling this.
1: Well, I mean, this is the early 2000s, yeah. and he's a man, yeah. and. Um, yeah, we got a lot of uh, got a lot of like lot of toxic masculinity going yeah. on there.
0: But he's not making it anyone else's problem, and I appreciate especially that he's not making it our problem. Yeah, uh. and
1: um, and at this point is when uh, Buffy's basically just dumping all of her distaste towards Dawn um, <laughs> to Willow. Yeah, to Willow, and and um, at this point to, uh, to drive the point home. Dawn ends up breaking something. (laughs) Sorry! My
0: favorite in her little rant is, why don't I get to be a little pumpkin belly? And Willow's response is, well, I don't feel qualified to address the last part, but um, are we going to have, speaking of we've got one iconic line, are we going to do like iconic line watch um, for the the next two once we get to them? Uh, I will definitely point them out. Excellent, excellent. Um, Because I know exactly where they are. Buffy goes home uh, Buffy and Don go home to find that uh, Joyce on the couch in a lot of pain. And we 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 kind of scaled, uh, sailed through this earlier, but Buffy is obviously really really concerned about her mother and she mentions like I think Don is too. Oh, and absolutely. and especially shows at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um but Buffy's very focused on like um like, she tells, well, we have to get a second opinion, and Don's like, or Joyce is like, well, we have to get a first opinion 1st first. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy's very impatient to get answers about And because
1: this. this is completely out of her control. Exactly.
0: Um, and that's something, you know, just, we're gonna keep an eye on, mm-hmm. is, uh, throughout this episode, and as this progresses throughout the season, um, is Buffy's reaction to this, mm-hmm. um, you know, very, uh potentially very serious medical condition that she can't fight. Um, So Um, uh, she goes to the hospital to pick up some meds for Joyce, uh, where she uh, runs into Ben-Turn again. Ben-Turn, I like that. I like that. Um, Really unprofessional of him to just uh, stop in the middle of like transferring a patient somewhere to talk to her like i mean you know, it's important to say that but
1: i think and this is not to comment on the professionalism of hospital workers in general but i think a lot of them do kind of see it as business as usual mm-hmm. so um i think they're able to multitask and like talk to people while also doing while also That's doing fair. this um and uh I mean he at this point he is trying to strap down like a man in, like a man who's like struggling around, thrashing around, and uh he says like, Oh, can you give me like five CCs of something I can't remember? I Thorazine? Maybe. Does that sound right? Um, yeah. And uh but then Puffy, of course, like is just able to whoosh, <laughs> him right onto the gurney and he's like, oh, never mind.
0: Yeah. And then he's like, not to be like casually sexist in the workplace, and then I'm like, but you're gonna. But you're going to do it. Power through anyway, aren't you? <laughs> uh, he tells her she's got serious muscles for a girl. You could have just said you're very strong. You don't have to add the for a girl. Cheapers, mister. <laughs> you're really strong. <laughs> um, so, uh, Buffy recognizes the man on the on the gurney as the security guard from the night before. And she's like, he's not crazy. And Ben's like, uh, well, you know. Uh but yeah, he tells, the the security man, security guard tells her, they'll come at you through your family. Uh, which Buffy... uh. Obviously, very stressed about. Yeah, she... Uh, especially she,
1: with her mom being in the condition that she is. Yeah,
0: she starts to... Uh, starts to kind of work through uh, some stuff. And um, yeah, she leaves. And then we go to... The abandoned warehouse from before we meet uh the surviving monk sorry um
1: harrison's face is starting to light up because we we're getting one of his favorite reveals in the series oh my gosh,
0: it's right it's wonderful uh so I, before we do that i want to talk about this monk um so i think i have mentioned before that a friend of the pod grace and i have a like a running joke about two spin-offs that we created one for some of our favorite like minor characters uh the first who appeared who got to be on that spinoff is miss kitty fantastico um and uh we also have a spinoff for it's one we won't watch but it's where we s- banish characters we hate hank summers is famously on that one <laughs> um and uh this is our second main character on uh on the good buffy spinoff well, the only problem uh, is
1: he doesn't really survive this episode. It's okay.
0: We'll, we'll find a way. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> L- monk. Life finds a way. <laughs> it's the monk. Um, I don't know why. Grace and I, it, we when we were doing a watch-through together, we did a, we called it Zuffy, where we did a simultaneous watch-through of Xena, Warrior Princess, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, alternating episodes. Um I don't know. Grace and I just were very, very charmed by this monk. We we really I loved mean, him.
1: Dude is <laughs> he's tough. Yeah, he's tough. He's really only there for plot reasons, but he's very like he delivers. He delivers like obviously some of the most important stuff about the season five plot at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. does in a very good way too. Yeah. And um and yeah, he stands up to the torture of the beast that is about to break down a big old steel yeah. door.
0: I just I love this like we get the banging from the door and you know in our minds you know it's it's, it's a beast. classic yeah classic buffy reversal we are expecting some hulking monster and yeah that that door busts away the dust settles and we see a, a queen a queen <laughs> just a petite woman in a red dress oh uh, my god that dress oh my god i mean Darla's been wearing her dress.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Darla. Um, Claire Kramer's character Mm -hmm. uh, is wearing the shit out of this dress.
0: So, for our listeners who don't listen to the Angel episodes and are only following along on Buffy, what are you doing? But okay. Um, (laughs) We have a game we're playing for this season. There is a character, uh, a recurring character, who's been introduced... Who at this point we only know him as the host. We won't learn his name till later. He's
1: the dude with the green skin and the horns. Yes.
0: So our game is which of us slips up first and accidentally calls him by his real name before uh, before it's revealed on screen. So far, we're both doing great. Yeah. Um, I think because we're playing this game though, we've become hyper aware of it. We're like very <laughs> like. Uh, so we're gonna play a similar game with the woman in red. Um, the Beast, the Abomination, whatever played you want to call it, played by, her, her. Claire, Claire, by Kramer. Claire Kramer. Um, this game will be shorter. Uh, I, we it doesn't take us too long to mm-hmm. learn this character's name, um, but
1: still, it'll be a fun time. So, um, I, I feel okay telling you this um, because it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to surprise you with a cameo by Claire Kramer. <sighs> to Aww. talk to you in this character's voice. I tried three times to schedule this, at, but every single time it was canceled by Claire Kramer. Aww. And um, But I really like wanted to open up an episode and then film your reaction to seeing Claire Kramer talk directly to you. Um, which... It makes me sad that it never got to happen, and now I don't think she's an option on cameo. Oh. But I really wanted to do that for you because I know Aww. this is your favorite big bad. She and is. yeah, also I've been around Claire Kramer several times because she there's a convention that I've been to quite frequently in Chicago called C two E two Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, and. Claire Kramer is almost always the MC of the panels mm-hmm. in the big room, and it it kind of makes me sad though because she never has her own kind of meet and greet or go up to the table and say hi. So there have been like times when <laughs> I just like at the end of the panel I go up to the stage and like ask one security people like, hey, I mean, is it possible to just talk to Claire Kramer because I kind of want to <laughs> meet her. Um, but uh, yeah I've never been able to yeah, but uh,
0: she's awesome uh, I was gonna say like I'm not surprised that like she can't she had to cancel because she is like the go-to for those like conventions and stuff she's well, a I mean, busy then, lady well
1: I mean yeah but like the con- only recently have conventions been happening that's again, true so oh well, that's uh,
0: very sweet yeah, I, I appreciate that Jason oh but yes yeah, uh, so this woman
1: walks in in heels not yes and um she is just like. She's trying to torture information out of the monk because she wants the key. The key! Yes. What is the key? Capitalize that K because that is the yeah. key. And she also says that she's in um, she's in mortal form and she doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. So clearly that means she used to be immortal. Um, I love... I love that. And she's she just like kind of just kind of like muttering to herself and her delivery of everything is so great because it really is kind of like this just "Ah, i hate everything but at the same time she's still like torturing people yeah
0: this character could go off the rails in the hands of a less talented performer Mm -hmm. um yeah, uh, and we'll continue to talk about it through the season of like the what Claire Kramer does with this character. But like her delivery. Spoiler alert, this is our big bad yeah. <laughs> I, I love her delivery of like she's like got she's like got her like fingers like all up in the monk's face. I'm and gonna she's, go like, bowling. Yeah, or I'm gonna go bowling. I get's uh it's like it's great. And then yeah, and then she starts flipping out. And there's um, a
1: security, there's another security guard, mm-hmm. or I think he might have just been like kind of a oh, custodian.
0: Just, yeah, something like that.
1: But yeah, and um, he's been kind of just watching this crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, hey, can, can you let me go? I mean, I have a wife and two daughters. And uh, as she, and she like kind of just doesn't pay attention to him at all until she sticks her hands into his head. We see this white light and then he falls down. He's not dead. But he just does not look good. Yeah. But then she's like, ah, that's better.
0: Yeah, she has this like crazy rant where she clearly is like losing touch. Um, and she has a, just interesting line um, uh, where she uh, mentions uh, um, the Little Miss Muffet uh, nursery rhyme, uh, which is the second time we've gotten that um, reference. This season, uh, the first time was in regards to Dawn, um, the man outside the magic box. So, you know, just put that in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then she, you know, once she, she's fine after that, but that dude is not. Yeah. Because, yeah, she just stuck her whole fingers into his Mm -hmm. head. You're not going to be good after that. Um... At the Magic Box, Buffy explains, uh, to the, um, uh, to the rest of the group that she believes what's happening to her mother is supernatural. She says... At this point,
1: um, Anya has shown up. And, uh, originally saying that, uh, Giles is overcharging for, um, for certain... Conjuring powder. For conjuring powder. And, uh, now she's kind of... I believe she's working the register at this point.
0: Um moments I love in this she tells uh Giles he's being ripped off for the conjuring powder and that she can hook him up with the troll who sheds it (laughs) um which the first time I watched this episode I, I thought for a second she said shits it (laughs) <laughs> um, um, and I only knew she didn't say that Because network television You can't say shit That makes me
1: think of last night When we were watching Lord of the Rings it's Like
0: That shiny shit is mine <laughs> that shiny shit is mine <laughs> um, Yeah be careful when saying words That are uh, shit adjacent um, <laughs>
1: um, no, Shit adjacent is the name of my YouTube cover band <laughs> oh, I do not like YouTube <laughs> I really don't
0: um, Buffy at first, uh, posits that, uh, the source of, uh, uh, the source of potentially the illness is the Dagon Sphere, because the security guard, uh, went nuts and everyone like backs away from it. Well, they don't um, know that it,
1: they, they don't know the name yet. That's, that, that's yeah. It's the Dagon Sphere. Like I Dagon lost. Dagon Sphere.
0: I lost the, uh, what's the name of the sphere game. <laughs> um, the game we didn't even know we were playing. Yeah. Um, Buffy... Anya, uh, recommends a spell called... Good luck. Uh, yeah. Tire la couverture? Sure. Does that sound... I, um, I don't know French, so, yeah. but
1: it seems very French. Yeah.
0: Um, I love that it's Anya who suggests this. Um, could have... This, this could have easily been, uh, exposition given to Willow. Um, and Willow and Giles, like, like, help with the exposition here. But I like that Anya is the one who comes up with the idea Mm -hmm. initially, just further underlying how useful she is to the gang. Um, it is
1: a ritual that puts you in a trance mm -hmm.
0: and you are able to see
1: if anything is magically connected to stuff around you. So, um, you could see like an outline of the demon that's casting the spell or really kind of any telltale signs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we we go to Buffy doing this uh, ritual, though, I do want to say another great interaction is Anya working the cash register. (laughs) A woman comes up to uh, Willow with an hourglass and says, oh, do you gift wrap? And and Willow says, oh, do we? Do we? And then tries to gift wrap it. And she asks Anya if this looks okay she's so like oh yeah if you wrapped it with your feet
0: <laughs> listen anya's not wrong but also the look that willow gives anya when she says, well willow's
1: that. never been a fan of anya <laughs> right. um she does uh and also um anya completes a transaction while xander's sitting next to her and she's like here you go go away yeah. <laughs> well uh, and xander says anya you gotta you gotta say have a nice day but I have his money. Why do I care how his day goes? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. It's so good. And then when when he convinces her to do it, she just yells, Hey you! Have, have a, a nice, nice day! day. <laughs> and then looks at Xander with this big smile on her face like, it did good, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I think that's that's Xander, right? More or well, less. They do,
1: they do have like a, at the end of the day when Giles gives her the job. Oh, that's right. But uh, not yet.
0: Um... Yeah, so Buffy decides to do the spell. Um, she uh, invites Riley along to to help her out to help his bruised ego. Um, it doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help. But they have what I consider a pretty healthy conversation where mm-hmm. he, um, you know, he tells her like, you know, it was borrowed power. I just have to get used to this, and you know, and he was like, and he says a line i really really love actually where he says maybe it can be a little less of you taking care of me and more um us taking care of each other i was like riley oh my gosh that's so emotionally mature of you yeah where's this been well, let's hope it lasts. where's this gonna go <laughs> let's hope it lasts yeah. spoiler it does oh <laughs> I, I do like when she's like oh, it's a uh spooky sand
1: <laughs> yeah it's a it's a magic candle Ooh, in spooky, spooky sand, sand. Uh, so
0: riley leaves uh and don starts banging on the door as buffy's about what to are you doing face, my boyfriend <laughs> love that line uh, so, i don't believe you yeah. <laughs> don't believe... and she's like you're doing a spell aren't you i'm gonna tell and but he's like fine i can smell your incense <laughs> yeah does this remind you of anything especially when she could take rolls up the towel and puts it at the corner of the door it's drugs my friends it's drugs
1: yeah yeah i mean god i i hope we get enough magic is a drug uh, <sighs>
0: simile in this in this series <laughs> i almost i'm tempted to chug this right now because I said <laughs> that anyway i'm sorry Ugh. so uh the spell works and it is so cool. I love how yes, this is this, done.
1: this is a fantastic way to reveal what is revealed in this scene because it the world hasn't changed drastically, but there is like obviously, you know, sound effects are more echoed and amplified. It's like saturate, the colors yeah, are saturated. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, like Buffy is still interacting somewhat can still interact somewhat normally with Joyce. But when she sees Joyce, she doesn't see anything. And, uh, Joyce is trying to, uh, Joyce is trying to say like, Oh, going to the shindig. Belly shot, belly shot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Buffy's at first disappointed when she sees Joyce and nothing around her. But however, one thing she does notice is there's a picture of Joyce, Buffy and Dawn, um, of the three of them together, But Dawn starts um, glitching in and out of the picture. And she starts noticing that on all the pictures. And so she's obviously freaked out. Joyce leaves. Buffy walks upstairs, goes into the room that flickers from being Dawn's bedroom to being a storage room for all of Joyce's paintings and artwork Mm -hmm. and stuff. It's so cool. And then she turns around. She's like, what are you doing in my room? And... As Buffy sees Dawn, she's flickering in and out mm-hmm. of existence.
0: As the room is still flickering. Yes. So it's like, it's so cool. Cause you like, you get, sometimes it's Dawn's room, no Dawn. Sometimes it's the storage room with Dawn. Sometimes it's, you know, it's like variations on mm-hmm. all the different themes. And it is so cool. Um, and it's just such a great visual way to get this information to Buffy yes um, or at least some of the information to Buffy. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I
1: remember, um, like when it when um, I obviously didn't know like off the top of my head what the episode was. You just before you told me like, oh yeah, this is gonna be the one where uh, to remind me, this is gonna be the one where Dawn is revealed and we see uh, the Beast for the first time, and uh, and this was the scene that immediately popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by a scene that comes later. But uh, yeah, this this scene is super iconic and I feel like like most of season five, a lot of people don't think about this scene as being one of the more iconic Buffy scenes, but it is really cool. And um, Buffy obviously freaks out. She immediately assumes that Dawn is the reason that um, all the stuff is happening to Joyce. So she like slams her up against the wall. This is fucking intense. And says like, you're not my sister and uh she's like what are you doing to my mother and i mean dawn just really doesn't know what the hell's happening but i love that for the rest of the episode until the very end dawn michelle trackenberg plays it extremely well Mm -hmm. because dawn is like the the writers want you to think that it is dawn yeah and so she has this kind of oh mom will be home before you get back and uh And and, um, Bugs says, like, no, I'll get home first. Yeah. And so she's kind of... Dawn's got this threatening tone in her voice. But yeah, but then... But then also, like, it's still in character for the Dawn that we know.
0: Exactly. No, it's... They do... Michelle Trachtenberg does such a good job, and the writers are really smart about how they write this dialogue, where it's like, everything Dawn says and does can be interpreted as threatening um, until you get the reveal at the end. And then you're like, oh, no, she's just really pissed at her sister. And then, like, I love, like, with the tea, it's like, I made you some tea. Which you're like, oh, my God, what'd she put in it? And it's like, no, she's trying to suck up to Mom yeah. to get Buffy in trouble. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. And I just, I also just, the, the this confrontation's really intense, particularly when she, like, Buffy, I mean, Buffy fucking assaults her. Um, and I... I can only imagine how terrifying that must be from Dawn's perspective. Um, you know, I, I think she does a remarkable job of, like, keeping, like, a a brave face. But I'd be like, holy shit, my sister with superpowers who likes to kill things just, like, just, like pushed me she, really she hard. She does
1: say, I don't care that you're the slayer, too. Yeah. Which is totally something that a lot of other people would say. Um, and uh, that's when Buffy calls giles who reveals that it's that the sphere is called the dagon sphere mm-hmm. and it is meant to um shield something from a nameless evil and nameless evils are always the really bad ones. yeah <laughs> i love that um and uh at first buffy says that i mean buffy was going it looked like buffy was going to reveal that dawn was the one that she noticed was part of the spell of whatever's affecting just reality Mm -hmm. and uh that's when but then she thinks better of it because mostly because dawn's just kind of standing right there but (laughs) then she's like no it didn't work yeah and she decides to go to where she found the glow ball the Dagon sphere the Dagon sphere (laughs) (laughs) but
0: first we get our obligatory spike scene and
1: iconic line number two yes um Yes, uh, she does see Spike just kind of leering outside of the <laughs> of her house. And um, he was, like, smoking a cigarette, throws it down. And she's like, Spike, what are you doing? In five words or less. And that's when Spike counts it out. Out for a walk. Bitch. <laughs> so, um, this is so great. Uh, I actually have met James Marsters at a convention. And when I did meet him, I, I actually got to talk to him for a good long while, and uh, I did ask him, can you just, can you say my favorite Spike lines? Like, well, what is it? He's like, just the out for a walk bitch. He's like, all right. Uh, <laughs> and he like, it's so great because he went from just regular James Marster's face to the Spike sneer, uh, like I instantly, love it. and
0: he holds up his hand <laughs> and just is out for a walk ish and, and just, it was so great. It's like, oh my god, i did that right in front of me. I love that he starts with his pinky when he's doing the counting, and then, and then that on the bitch that like the thumb, the thumb, thumb sticks yeah, out, bitch. <laughs> um, Yes, um, too and, bad the rest of what he says, he can't quite muster up as much wit.
1: Yeah, he's like he. He's just like, oh, well, yeah, I don't really like you at all. Okay. And,
0: and you have stupid hair. Yeah. Which, her hair looks great in this episode. Yeah. Like Given, like, all the crap she's about to go through. Yeah. If this were season three episode, uh, the season three Christmas episode it men's, yes. She has very oh, stupid hair in that episode. <laughs> no. But he has great hair in this episode.
1: Uh, but, yeah. So, um, but then Spike just leaves because... I don't know what he was trying to pull. Um, He's, like, obviously dealing with the fact that he's in love with Buffy. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, when Buffy does look down, she notices that there are several cigarette stubs there. So... He's been there a minute. Yeah.
0: I also love that he's like, it just so happens that your house happens to be between stuff and other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not an untrue statement. Um... Oh my gosh. So Buffy gets to the warehouse and we get she I sees mean, the monk. As much as the the uh the the the, tri- the trance scene is good. It, it, amazing amazing television i mean this is my favorite scene in the episode it's funny
1: because this isn't my favorite scene really uh, yeah we'll get we'll get to okay. it though. all right
0: uh yeah she sees the monk and she's like I'm, I'm gonna help you i'm gonna help you and um i love
1: when the beast is right behind her <laughs> and she's got like that she holds up her finger to
0: be like quiet yeah. she's got this
1: manic look on her face <laughs> doing this little like
0: jaunty <laughs> like back and forth it's it's such a it was well, i mean it's the the the, the GIF I sent you a couple days ago yeah. when we were, like, scheduling time to record this. Because it's just so, so great. And, uh, she's like, I'm gonna help you. I'm here to help, blah, 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 And also, and Buffy just turns and is like, I'm not stupid to the Beast. Uh, and she, the Beast just fucking decks her.
1: I love... So, I was kind of looking for this because, like, I obviously knew how it was going to go down. And I was looking for this, but yeah normally if buffy grabs somebody in a stranglehold they react there is zero reaction Mm -hmm. from the beast and you gotta look for it you gotta
0: watch for it but yeah and then she just like yeah like and um the look on buffy's face like one of my favorite moments because it is that like holy shit I've never experienced this before. It is, like, instantly
1: a thousand times more believable than any of the times that Adam beat her up.
0: Yeah! Yeah!
1: Like, yeah! Um, this scene does have iconic line number three,
0: though. Can I guess? I, you know what it is. Go ahead and say it. So, as they're fighting, gl- Oh! <laughs> I only half lost! <laughs> I didn't say the whole thing! The Beast... <laughs> Uh, The Beast says, I just noticed, you have superpowers. That is so cool. Can you fly? And then throws Buffy across the, like, picks her up, full-bodied, and just chucks her across the damn room. So, the Beast is the
1: Ginger Rogers of, of Big Bad's. She does everything that other big bads do, but she can do it backwards and in heels. Because yeah. that is, like, so funny because she's kicking the shit out of Buffy, and she's doing it in heels. Yeah.
0: And it's just like, Buffy is, you know, we, we've we seen this before. When Buffy is in a fight that's really intense, her quips go away. You know, she...
1: Mm-hmm. She's got no quips in yeah, this.
0: Yeah, there are no quips, and she's fighting as hard as she can, and, yeah, and the beast is just like can you fly <laughs> <laughs> um, i love it
1: we, we've got we, during this we do have a quick cut to the magic box and um giles willow and xander are all exhausted because we we like really didn't mention it but there was a mad rush of people yeah in, for giles. In, yeah a huge crowd on opening day and they're And uh, they're all exhausted. Anya is just giving him notes and notes about like, oh, your cash register looks like a squirrel's nest, (laughs) a bird's nest. And uh, he's like, Anya, Anya, would you like a job? And she's like, oh, yeah, (laughs) Boston. She's so pleased. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great, especially because when she first walks in, she says like, oh, I'm I'm really mad because I need to have employment yeah. I, I need I need to like pay for things and yeah. stuff now it's really annoying <laughs>
0: she's she's uh, i got she says she's running out of money, so I guess she was uh living off of her uh vengeance demon savings which uh, are <laughs> running low um I am stoked that Anya is getting this job. um I hope that it means many more uh. Giles and Anya scenes because they uh are a great pairing um yeah
1: it's 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 like he's probably as excited to have her around as he is for Xander but there's just so much more potential for better
0: chemistry between them yeah I mean he's definitely finds her irritating but he also recognizes that she's extremely competent so (laughs) but Um. let's go back to the warehouse (laughs) yes
1: and uh and yeah and the beast is basically like about to just beat more shit out of buffy but buffy um grabs the monk and what's really cool is that she like ju- grabs him jumps backwards out the window and takes the brunt of the landing because she knows like oh the monk's gonna die if he yeah if he falls and um I mean, the monk's gonna die but <laughs> yeah uh but as she's running away uh the beast is really upset because she doesn't go after them because her heel (laughs) breaks and she stamps her bare
0: foot on the ground which fucks up the whole foundation of the building and brings it down oh my god claire kramer's look the look on her face as the building starts to come (laughs) down around her is just like shit (laughs) this is inconvenient Um. Uh,
1: but yeah um buffy gets the buffy gets the uh the monk uh outside of the Range of this collapse. And uh, that's when the monk tells her that they are trying to save the key and that she has to protect it. And she's like, "What? what's the key? The Dagon Sphere? Like, no, we were able to turn it in. We were able to make it into flesh. We turned it into a human and um, like sent it to you to keep it safe. And that's when Buffy realizes that Dawn is the key. And she... Um, yeah, and she says, like, but no, like, all my memories with her, all my mom's memories with her, and they said, like, we made them, and, she, and, uh, Buffy's pissed. She's like, yeah. you brought that thing into my home, and said like, you have to stop, you have to protect it, and, uh, Monk dies. Yeah.
0: He has this great, a line I really, really love, um, where Buffy says, she's not my sister, and he just says, she doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Which is... Um, I think we'll have a lot of discussions about, uh, 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 adoption, uh, allegory, you know, allegory for adoption this, this season. Uh, and, um, but yeah, this, um, yeah, he, and she also is just like, what is she? And he's like, human. She's yeah. a little girl who needs to be protected and she's your sister and it's it's a beautiful moment. It's a uh, I think it's this scene is the why Grace and I were like yeah we like this monkey can be in our spinoff. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, Buffy does go home,
1: and uh, Dawn and Joyce are sitting next to each other. Dawn's obviously still a little pissed, so she goes upstairs and uh, just like, well, what's that about? She's like nothing. And this, this scene, stuff. this scene is my favorite scene yeah, of the episode. It's a good scene because. Buffy is trying to say she's sorry. um, And Dawn is kind of having the, like, oh, (laughs) you're (laughs) a butthole. So funny.
0: And she also says her theory that Buffy was adopted and it's actually a howler monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why she smells so bad.
1: And she has a terrible sense of
0: fashion. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah,
1: no, it is funny. But... um, it's beautiful because that's when buffy is and i think i think like obviously people the implication is that buffy is seeing this key as something that she needs to protect but i think also at the same time she's seeing like she is yeah a part of my life now um i even love when she says like You always do, you always act like this, like when you, and then she like immediately realized like, oh, that's a memory that was made. Yeah. That was like conjured up. Um, but I love, I just love her interactions with Dawn and nothing is like it, and it's all like very on Dawn's level of juvenility. Mm -hmm. Um, like there's nothing, there's nothing absolutely, what's the word? Like, there's nothing, like, absolutely flowery in the language or anything. Um, But it's just the way that Michelle Trachtenberg and Sarah Michelle Gellar play this scene. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's what makes this episode a 5 out of 5 for me.
0: Yeah. It's lovely. And just that ending it uh, on that button of Don saying, what's wrong with mom? And Buffy just saying, I don't know. Yeah. is really powerful.
1: And I love... And here's the thing. I know a lot of people think that this whole magical insertion of dawn into the series is when the show jumped the shark um that is a very unfortunately Mm -hmm. prevalent opinion in the buffy fandom but i honestly feel like how can you hate this plot after this scene yeah because it it kind of just lit. Like any, I feel like any doubts that you have about where this is going, should be like wiped away by this scene. Mm -hmm. It it seems so good.
0: Yeah, there's um, um, the second season of uh, the show Fleabag, um, which came out a couple years ago. The first episode opens with uh, this moment. It's very funny where Phoebe Waller Bridge is in a bathroom and she's got like a bloody nose. She's like. Wiping her nose and then like um, fixing like, her makeup and there's like a poor waitress sitting on the ground who's also got a bloody nose and she like hands her like a towel and and then she just looks at the camera and says this is a love story <laughs> and then there's like a then we flash back to like earlier in the evening leading up to this like event where um, she gets into a fight with her brother-in-law but. um the love story, the main love story of the season is between her and the hot priest. Um, but I've always maintained, while that is a beautiful, beautiful story that's being told between these two characters, that the actual love story in question of the season and of the soul, the show itself is, uh, the story of Fleabag and her sister, Claire. Um, and, and, there's there's this great line in the finale where she's like encouraging Claire to like chase after this love interest of hers through the airport, and her sister's like listing off all the practical reasons why that you can't do that, and then she just says, and she ends it with, besides, the only person I'd run through an airport for is you, to her Aww. sister, which is like a really beautiful sentiment. Um and I've said that about season five of Buffy as well, is that Buffy's love story in this season is the love story between her and her sister. Yeah. um, And it's so powerful. And, and it just gets, to me, more so.
1: I think... um, And, you know, it's very interesting because... Obviously, the emphasis on Buffy... On Buffy's familial relationships is more of her found family in mm-hmm. the Scoobies. But this season, obviously what's going on with joyce is a note of concern but also you have this i mean yes dawn was brought in like and reality was altered to bring her in but she is still buffy's sister Mm -hmm. so this is might be the first time that her blood family is a huge focus of the season yeah and the series
0: i think too You know, and I think I've said this before: is that um, your, you know, chosen family is a big deal, especially in the queer community. Um, But like your blood relatives, who you choose to keep in your life, are also your chosen family. Like you know, you're making a choice Mm -hmm. to include these people in your life. Um, And Buffy, Buffy really kind of does have a choice. She can just say like. Get the fuck out of the house, Dawn. Exactly. Yeah, she's and no, she she makes the choice in this scene that yeah, this is my sister. I'm going to protect her. I love her, and she has that. Uh, the I love this little detail where she like strokes Dawn's hair, um, which is like going forward is like a consistent like anytime Buffy it, shows Dawn affection, it's by stroking her hair. And it's a I nice
1: way of like kind of maybe. Buffy's just kind of checking that she's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. hair. That's hair. Um,
0: John, open your mouth real quick. I just <laughs> to...
1: But yeah, um, that's, yeah, that, and that's like how we end the episode. That's uh, that's No Place Like Home. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I know you've got stuff to say about it, so I'll be real quick. Okay. Uh, but no, yeah, say what um, you want to say. Yeah, no, but like, as I said, five out of five. Um, and... It was interesting because I remember this being a good episode, but when I started watching, I'm like, oh, they're getting a little slow here at the beginning. But honestly, pretty much once the beast comes out, then like this episode kicks into high gear and starts, and it answers so many questions that you've had so far throughout the yeah. series. And um, you've got all the stuff going on in the magic box, which is hilarious, which is a nice counter to all of the serious shit that happens on mm-hmm. this side, uh, like on the, on the Buffy Dawn Joyce side of it. And yeah, this just like the introduction, this little taste of the beast and what this big bad is going to be is it's great. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know enough. We don't know a lot just yet. All we know is like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And yeah, this is, this is the best episode of the season so far. Um, I can't say that it's going to be the best episode of the season because we've got a lot of heavy sl- heavy duty sluggers in here but Yeah.
0: I yeah, 5 out of 5 for me too. It's, you know, um uh the introduction of our new big bad. I think honestly it's my favorite introduction of a big bad um of the series. I um you know, I'm uh, there's like the Angelus reveal of him, like, killing that woman in the alley is, like, yeah. right up there.
1: Innocence. In innocence, like, and just because season two is my favorite probably beats that yeah. out. Just innocence in general. And Fair. just, like, the whole shaking up of the whole status quo with Angel now being Angelus. And just the impact of that. Right. But, I mean, in all fairness, Angel had been an established character. Yeah. Um, it's kind this, of apples and oranges Yeah, this in a way. is a brand new character. Yeah.
0: Um, far better than the reveal of Adam. Oh boy. Um, uh, uh and, and I'm like thinking of the other, you know, um, the mayor's reveal is, I mean, the mayor is revealed in a very a subtle, way. subtle way. Yeah. Which is apropos for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, so we get a great indication of this, this, uh, this woman's personality, this kind of vain, shallow, but like incredibly powerful, yeah. like,
1: and it's, and it's really, it. Just say one more villain introduction. Yeah. Technically the season seven premiere, but also not technically.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, there's, yeah, yeah. A, there's
1: a scene at the end of the season seven premiere that is
0: awesome. It's really fucking awesome.
1: But yeah.
0: um, we'll get to that. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, that scene is really fucking awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just, so we've got this really cool villain reveal. So like that's awesome. Yeah, all the stuff in the magic box is really fun. But also like it's character building character building important you know anya gets the job at the magic box the magic box is open and it's like officially our base of operations
1: even though xander says that sometimes he misses the, sunny, <laughs> the high school library
0: i do too but uh all, th- all good things um and yeah then we get and then this really emotionally uh fulfilling through line with the summer's women um, and the reveal of, of what exactly is going on with Dawn is great um, and it, I think it comes in the perfect place of the season we had premiere reveals Dawn at the very end and kind of a shocking sort we get an episode that really focuses on her and kind of is like what's up with her and then you know two kind of uh, more filler episodes a Xander episode, a, a Riley episode and um, where that's not touched on as much more character stuff going on and then yeah this like really kicked the season into high gear um yeah and I think we learned Dawn's nature if it waited any longer than this to tell us what Dawn is I think it would be very frustrating Mm -hmm. but if they had done it earlier I don't think we would have let the mystery percolate it's almost like these Buffy riders might know what they're doing they might be onto something (laughs) like Guys, we really need to make up for
1: season four. <laughs> um, Boy, howdy. And for those of you all who are missing Tara in this episode, don't worry. Our next Buffy episode, plenty of Tara
0: McClay. Another favorite of mine. But uh, anyway, yeah. um,
1: anything else you want to say? I just love it so much. It's it's really good. Um. And uh, yeah, this... Um, it's really funny because, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you said this on the podcast before, but I had like a bunch of people come over to my uh, apartment one time, years back, and uh, we were all fans of Buffy and Angel. We all wanted to um, bring our favorite episodes and just do a marathon of them. It was great because that meant we got a lot of really good episodes. Yeah. But when Harrison, um, when he said, oh, I want to watch There's No Place Like Home, Or just No
0: Place Like Home. Just No Place Like Home. I want
1: to watch No Place Like Home. A lot of us are like, huh, that's an interesting choice. But then we watched it and we're like, oh, yeah, that was a really good episode. So that's just kind of like season five in general. Um, I think most people remember season five for one specific episode that we haven't gotten to yet. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, and while that is an episode that pretty much changed television. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, um, hyperbole. Yeah. Uh, I do believe that, um, most people forget about how good season five is. And this Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why.
0: Agreed. All right. Take us
1: out of here. Thank you for joining us on booze and Buffy. We'll be back in two weeks. Cause we're taking a little break for the holidays. holidays. We'll see you in 2022. Holy shit. Um, Uh, yeah, because this will come out uh, the 23rd of December, and then our break will be, yeah. So, we'll see you guys in January 2022. Yeah, um, thank you all for having uh, for sharing this interesting year with us. (laughs) Um, but uh, as as I said with 2020, um, one of my favorite things about that got me through this year was doing this podcast and making this stuff for y'all, me too. And, um, but yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. With Angel, season two, episode five, Dear Boy. Yes. That is D-E-A-R. So we're not doing, we're not reviewing Sweet Tooth.
0: Hi. <laughs> uh, if I recall correctly, I think Dear Boy ex- uh, has a similar function for Angel season two as this one does for Buffy season five, where it really is focusing on our, our main plot okay. uh, and kind of getting that in gear, if I'm remembering correctly. Um I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog by horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com where I talk about a different horror film each week. I don't remember what I'm doing next week. I forgot to check. So uh, check out all my Christmas stuff I've been doing. Uh, Something like
1: Ho Ho Homicide.
0: <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, um, most recent one should have been the uh, Black Christmas Remake. Uh, the 2006 black Christmas remake uh not the 2019 black mm-hmm. Christmas remake uh coming to you in uh December of 2022 mm-hmm.
1: you mean January of
0: 2022 no I'll do the black Christmas, the next but
1: the uh... oh the next black Christmas yeah. is gonna be next year yeah. okay because I did
0: the first I did the original I... black Christmas last December okay they do 06 right. uh the 06 uh black Christmas starring. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, oh. uh, also like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, oh. and um, a bunch of like, it's like a bunch of your like WB stars of this time of that time oh, yeah. period. So Mary Elizabeth Winstead is really so not it, one of those. Am but... I
1: am I correct in assuming this is a very fuckable cast? Oh yeah, <laughs> it, um, it was a
0: slasher remake in the mid two thousands.
1: So my friends and I. Uh, believe that the most fuckable movie cast is either Scott Pilgrim vs. The World oh, yeah. or The Spectacular Now. I think I would make the argument more for Scott Pilgrim, but The uh, Spectacular Now is fantastic. But uh, this this sounds like it's... And, and this is in no way meant to sound like creepy or anything. <laughs> it's just acknowledging that, hey, this is a very attractive cast, and... <laughs> I would very much like to have sex with all of them.
0: <laughs> so, Black Christmas Remake, you've got Katie Cassidy, Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, my gosh. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh-huh. Lacey Chabert. Really? Um, Oliver Hudson. Okay. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Andrea Martin, uh, who was in the original, uh, is, uh, I think, like, the house mother okay. in the remake. Uh, Black Christmas Remake. Actually, pretty good. Okay. I quite like it. Check out the blog. Um I'm Jason.
1: You can find me on Instagram at j 357 and on Twitter at j.
0: And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us if you have uh, longer thoughts than 240 characters. 280 characters? I don't know how many characters we get. Mm -hmm. Um, At boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those. A-N-D. And don't forget to subscribe,
1: rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting All Hands and Hearts. All Hands and Hearts is an organization committed to effectively and efficiently addressing the immediate and long-term needs of global communities impacted by disasters. All Hands and Hearts arrives early for first response and stays late to rebuild schools and homes in a disaster-resilient way. Visit www.allhandsandhearts.org for more information.
1: And, you know, I'm just... Because it kind of like hits a little close to home for both of us. Don't forget um, any of the charities that are helping out those who are affected by tornadoes, mm-hmm. especially in the Kentucky area. Because, I mean, it's starting to get colder. And uh, a lot of people are without their homes now. So, yes. Yeah, so um, deep Yeah. Keep them in your hearts.
0: And as always, go
1: slay. And be gay. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Happy holidays.